0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. This podcast is developed in collaboration with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy and their Flip the Pharmacy team and paid for through CDC grant funding provided by the Pennsylvania Department of Health to the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, broadcasted exclusively on the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: We're excited to launch the first episode of Beyond the Sig with host Dr. Stephanie McGrath, the Executive Director of Network Operations for the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Care Network, PPCN.
2: Welcome to the first podcast of our series. I'd like to first introduce Randy McDonough. Randy, can you tell tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure.
1: Um, I'm Randy McDonough, and I own uh, Towncrest Pharmacy in Iowa City, uh, Towncrest Pharmacy in Solon, Iowa, and Towncrest Compounding. And I'm also the Director of Practice Transformation uh, for Flip the Pharmacy. And more recently, um, I've been hired by Loma Linda University School of Pharmacy, to help them with community pharmacy outreach and help uh, with teaching uh, practice innovation uh, to their students.
3: Thanks so much. And we'd also like to welcome Suzanne Feeney as well. Thanks for being here, Suzanne. Yeah, certainly. Um, So my name is Suzanne. I'm a pharmacist. Um, My day job is I lead business development at a continuing education company called CE Impact. And our mission is really to connect learning to practice through engaging learning styles um, with pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. Um, And then I also am co-founder with Randy of um, Thrive Subscribe, which is another tool and resource to support practice transformation. And you're, tell us a little bit more about your role with Flip the Pharmacy. So with Flip the Pharmacy, um, Randy brought me on, and I'm so grateful to be part of the opportunity. I think I've been passionate about community pharmacy practice transformation um, for a long time. And with uh, CPSN and Flip the Pharmacy, my role is to lead the transformation package or the change package each month. So we work to coordinate that among subject matter experts and then release it on the first of each month. So Randy and Suzanne,
2: thank you again for presenting today to the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy students. One of the things that you talked about with the students was that now is the time for change in community pharmacy practice transformation. Can you tell us why? Why now?
3: Yeah, you know, we've been so excited about this for so long, um, and I started my career seeing Randy present about this at APHA um, back when I was a resident. And The time is now because we're at the tipping point for payment for services, and that's where we need to be. We know as community pharmacists, we're not receiving payment like we should on the product. We've been ready and primed to provide these services. We're able to do that. We've proven it. Um, And so right now is when it needs to happen so pharmacies can then um, add the service level of payment um, to their bottom line.
1: I also think the system is ready for it because as we go into a value-based reimbursed system, um, pharmacies, and especially those in the community, need to be ready to demonstrate their value within that system. And having a practice that's more focused on patient care and providing enhanced services is a good way to demonstrate the value and um, helping with the payer to reduce overall health care costs. And we know community pharmacists can be a part of that.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're here today to talk about Flip the Pharmacy. Can you tell us about this national phenomenon ongoing?
3: Yeah, so Flip the Pharmacy is um, a wonderful tool that's available publicly to any community pharmacy, whether you're independent, chain setting, that's looking to transform your practice. I'll let Randy share a little bit about the background, but I I would be remiss if I didn't mention a tool that's available, um, is the Change Packet. This is released each month that follows on a series of domains um, to really help you have the basic skill set you need focused on a particular disease state each month um, to go back to your practice and have specific workflow innovations um, that you can employ to bring your team up to speed to be ready to provide services in the uh, community pharmacy setting.
1: Yeah, you know, how it came to be, it's really interesting because uh, we have people uh, such as Matt Osterhaus, who Mm -hmm. has been a leader within pharmacy, and he sits on the board for the Community Pharmacy Foundation. He came back all excited after one meeting in February of last year, saying, Randy, we need to do something big. And I asked him what that was. He goes, it's about practice transformation and, you know, can we do some of the things we've done in Iowa and, and try to replicate that in more of a national forum? And we started talking about what's the best way to do that, so that's how CPSN USA became part and really became the driver of the, the grant. And so uh, Troy Trickstad and his team helped together the grant uh, that is a multi-year, multi-million dollar grant to help transform pharmacy practices. They've learned a lot in North Carolina working with primary care physicians and incorporating community pharmacists. And then we've learned a lot in Iowa with the practice transformation we've done there along with some learnings we did in Tennessee with practice transformation, and so we took those learnings from those areas, and that's how we've come up with some of the content that we use for the change packages that come out every month for those pharmacies that are participating in this. Mm -hmm. It's just very exciting to see how pharmacies have really grasped on and held onto this and really are transforming their practices, and we're seeing some great results
3: yeah and really you know we've talked to some pharmacists who say you know they feel like they're in this silo when they're working in their pharmacy and, and can't step back and see all the great things that are happening nationally across the country and so One of the things I enjoy each month as we put together the change package is being able to connect to those individual pharmacists and share those best practices. And so that change package is intentionally designed to pull out pieces of practice that are happening nationally um, and share that amongst everyone.
1: And the other unique thing about Flip the Pharmacy that Mm -hmm. really makes it a practice transformation um, platform is the coaches. Mm -hmm. And so we have these different practice transformation teams They have a lead and then they have coaches that actually go to Mm -hmm. the sites. So between the change packages that are coming from the coordinating center Mm -hmm. along with the coaching to help the pharmacies implement uh, the change packages, we're seeing some great results because of that. So it truly is a team effort to make Mm -hmm. this thing work. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. We're seeing that here in Pennsylvania as well. It takes a village and that village keeps getting bigger. (laughs) But you mentioned, Randy, um, the the fact that um, the... About You mentioned the site visits and the importance of the site visits. Can you describe how that's different from attending a training program, from attending a CE? Mm -hmm. How does the site visit and the coach mentor make this program so different?
0: It's
1: all about accountability. Mm -hmm. And so as we start thinking about what does it look like to help transform a practice, and again, the learnings that we found out um, with Iowa and in uh, Tennessee, is we realized by going to the site, it put people more um, at a point where they felt like, okay I gotta do something because someone's going to be visiting me and showing demonstrating what what I've done differently from the last time but putting some real action plans and some goals in place for them for each time you're going to be coming out that this is the expectation of what changes need to occur so that site visit is a way to engage with the pharmacist and their team to make sure the changes are happening and to evaluate and provide feedback if things aren't going quite as well and so it's just a good time that uh, The coaches and the team can work together to really ensure that they're having the success on practice transformation. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely, to help hold people accountable to what they're doing and maybe make it a priority in the face of chaos that they normally see every day. Yeah,
3: yeah, and that problem-solving buddy, right? Again, I think if you're in that practice by yourself, you know, how do you brainstorm and and say I want to do MedSync and but this is what I'm up against. So You have that dedicated resource to help you problem-solve. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, thank you. Um, so what do you see as the first
2: step in practice transformation?
1: Yeah, we talked about this last <laughs> night, and, and I actually said that it begins with the attitude, right? It begins with the pharmacist and the pharmacist team um, committing to change. Mm-hmm. And I frequently say this, this, um, this phrase, but I say before you can transform your practice, you have to transform the way you look at it. And once you understand that you have to have a different vision for your practice, then when you wake up every day, you realize, i got to do something different. If I'm going to achieve this type of a practice that's providing enhanced services and getting paid in a different way, I have to do something differently to get there. Mm-hmm. And so by having that engagement and having that vision, and the pharmacist ready to change and their staff ready to change, now you can create a great environment that's really fertile for mm-hmm. pharmacists and their team to really create the practice changes that's going to help them be successful in in practice transformation
3: yeah I think that that is critically important and I think from a practical standpoint it's the workflow um, and I always look at the tagline for Flip the Pharmacy and it just it's so impactful to me because it's taking your dispensing model from a moment in time with that prescription and that product to caring for a patient over time um, and I say that all the time and Randy's like that's such a great quote I'm like I know it's on the website <laughs> I can't take credit for it um, but I, I think that's the mind shift you have to get in and I think we're right for the reimbursement on that right now but it's hard to take a work. Flow that has been so product focused for so long, and then just flip it, yeah, to basically flip it on its head, right? And now you're focusing on care for the patient, and you need to be able to plug in the collaboration tools, the documentation tools. So how does that all fit? And for me, the cornerstone, and this is what I said to the students, but that cornerstone is MedSync or appointment based model. Um, Without that, I think anything else is great, but it's it's gonna topple, right? When it gets busy and you have all the lines ringing and the patients and everything happens. I just don't think it's sustainable unless you're really willing to take that step back and totally transform your workflow, um, which is hard and it's a pain point, but um, there's tools to help you do it. There's mentors, there's coaches. Um, so I, I think it can happen. And the sites that are doing it are really successful.
1: I think the one thing I would tell the sites that are interested in being a part of this mm-hmm. is just commit and mm-hmm. start making the changes. And this is why we call them change packages. They're bite-sized Um, changes that can happen, so it's not overwhelming. It's not like we're asking you to transform everything about your practice. Let's do one thing at a time and commit to doing that. And then we'll give you another bite-sized piece of the change package to help you with the next thing. So it's really trying to help them evolve the practice and take the learnings we've had for all these multiple years Mm -hmm. and saying we can condense this and help you make forward progress, but you have to commit to it.
3: And to tack on to that, because I think as pharmacists, what's always hard for me is to not let perfect be the enemy of done or good. And that gets me every time, because we want to have it all set up and just check our list, but we just got to dig in and do something.
1: And pharmacists, by nature, like perfection. And mm-hmm. so it's trying to get them away from, it doesn't have to be perfect, it just has to move forward yes. and learn from it, because yeah. you will get better as you do it. So you're not going to be perfect coming out yeah. of the shoot, but you will improve your processes, you will improve the care of the patients by just doing something Every day differently yep, yep,
3: and those small changes add up so you start today and then you look back in three months I think pause and reflect where you've come and just in doing those little changes every day three months six months you'll see big difference and we're seeing
1: that I mean yeah. that's what's so yeah. exciting is just right. seeing the changes that have occurred since we started this October 1st yeah. and the number of the care plans being submitted the pharmacies uh, who are very excited engaged about the changes that are occurring in their pharmacy they're seeing it so it's very uh, Refreshing to us and exciting to hear the success that people are having in the field with this too.
3: Yeah, and that's been the the mission always to us is don't forget the dashboard, don't forget that we need to have how many blood pressures have we done in 18, six months? Eighteen thousand blood pressures. Yeah. That's huge. That's impactful.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, that's incredibly meaningful in payer conversations you know that we're having. And um, one of the points that you brought up this morning as well was the importance of not waiting for a payer. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why why the time is now and we can't wait for payer opportunity.
1: Yeah, and I know when I say that that I know we're all struggling and and I still own my practices as well and they're involved and they're actually involved in the flip the pharmacy as well. Mm -hmm. And we all can learn. We all can improve. And but the point I bring up with that is if you wait a payer before you make your changes, you're not going to be prepared, you're not going to be successful, because your practice has probably not transformed to support the services that you want to provide mm-hmm. for the payer, including the documentation. So you need to commit and invest in your practice to prepare yourself so when that payer does come, you're ready to be successful with that payer. I've seen too many times where I've heard the statement from a practice, I'm going to wait for a payer. It's happened in Iowa, it's happened in Tennessee, it's happened everywhere across this country, and then a payer is ready, and those pharmacies that have not committed don't perform. Well, we don't, It's not like we're going to get multiple chances to perform for payers. So I do think um, pharmacists really need to commit to make the changes. They don't have to have everything evolved and changed to be successful, but they've got to start having the infrastructure to support or have the capacity to have the time to provide the care. And that's what we're really talking about with these change packages and domains that we're really trying to have the pharmacists address. It's about creating the capacity to support the changes that need to occur so you are successful when payers do come.
3: It, and it's simple, tangible things. It's you know ensuring as a pharmacist that you have a technician-driven dispensing model. So technicians are typing in the prescriptions. Pharmacists are talking to the patients. So you can tier that, I think, based on where you're at with a payer, right? You said you're not going to go out and maybe just provide all these services for free and, and not have a payer, but it's that technician-driven workflow. I think that is one thing all of us can do to shift um, and be prepared to have the pharmacist time to accommodate payer programs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great, great advice and great great
2: learning points and um, you both have significant, have committed a significant amount of your own time and expertise to teaching others about community pharmacy practice transformation, but what have you both learned through this process?
1: Yeah, for me, I, to be honest, it's, it's more of the inspiration because I know how pharmacists are struggling out there financially and otherwise with their practices because of how reimbursement has changed so drastically. And yet, I see pharmacists who have committed and engaged, and I see them being successful. And what I've learned is about the resilience of pharmacists. And I also have learned that when they do commit and they make the changes, that they can be very successful. And it's because of the relationship. And I didn't quite understand that until we started seeing the model change and then having payers pay the pharmacies. And then we started saying, well, what kind of impact? Well, we're seeing tremendous impact where the community pharmacist um, and their team has a tremendous impact on patient outcomes. That's reducing overall healthcare costs, it's improving patient um, metrics, they're reaching the therapeutic outcomes and medications are optimized. And I started realizing that for the community and the pharmacist, the community setting, it's all about the relationship that they have. The relationship with the patient, the relationship with the other providers, the relationship with the health system, the relationship with the, the social structure within their community. And connecting patients um, to those different stakeholders within their community is a huge asset that community pharmacists provide as well, too. So I I don't think we've always valued what community pharmacists really bring to the picture when it came to to the total care of the patient.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. What's been so incredible for me to see is how um, since I've graduated from the University of Pittsburgh in 2004, we've talked about this paradigm shift happening in pharmacy. And it's been amazing to see it all come together so quickly with so many stakeholders. And for me, we've we've said the time is now, we've said change is happening, but I can see it. And I, I just want everybody who's out there um, listening in to know that there, all of the great minds are working to fix this. And I think that it's sometimes easy to lose hope when I hear some of the stories in the pharmacies that are closing. It's really it's really hard. But when I take a step back and look at all the work that's being put into this and how quickly it's happening, it is incredible. And it's really scary, but it's it's also really exciting. Um, and I can't not wait to see where we are five years. Because to be on the other side where as a community pharmacy you're able to practice, you're able to do a True medication review and add-on therapy, and get paid for that. You know, we were in a meeting this morning, and um, someone was talking about getting asthma medication to their patient, and the time that they put into making sure that they were counseled on how to use that medication correctly. They were able to get it in their hands with the tools they needed um, to get the drug therapy. And pharmacists aren't getting paid for that. And and I see everybody working to solve that problem so collaboratively. It doesn't matter, you know, what piece of the industry you're in. Everybody's let's work together. Um, And I've always seen pieces of that but just Mm -hmm. how it's all being orchestrated is really inspiring um, and gives me a lot of hope.
1: I also think what's inspiring as well is seeing how all these stakeholders have come together so fast to create the practice transformation teams, create the Mm -hmm. Flip the Pharmacy Coordinating Center, having all the pieces of the puzzle, the leads, the the coaches, Mm -hmm. um, and everybody working collaboratively to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. When you think about this was an idea in February. And then we were fully functional in October. Mm-hmm. It's tremendous to see all those resources coming together, mm-hmm. and but people are doing it for the right reason. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that Suzanne and I talked about last night. This is not about a, you know, an organization having a business model. This mm-hmm. is about us working. How do we improve the profession, mm-hmm. and how do we improve community pharmacy practice? Mm-hmm. Because we know how much how uh, they add value to the system, and that's what we wanted to demonstrate with this.
2: Absolutely. And you've spoken a lot about how Flip the Pharmacy does impact and is impacting, will impact the profession of pharmacy. Can you speak about the business of pharmacy and how Flip the Pharmacy is and will impact the business of pharmacy?
1: Right. we um, That was one of our domains, and that it was something as I talked about, the different domains I brought up, it's a different business model, right? It's no longer about dispensing and fee-for-service because that's not going to... Uh, make us survive the long term so we have to create a different business model. But it's helping the pharmacists as well. It's not just about them getting us getting a payer or them getting a payer. There's other things you could be doing to create value, new value within your practice. Mm-hmm. So if you have services, it doesn't have to be a payer, you know, per se, that's the one that's paying you. It could be a patient who sees value in it. Mm-hmm. It could be a local employer that sees value in it. And so you do direct contracting. There are so many different ways to bring new monies into the pharmacy, and, and I think pharmacists have got to use their creativity and their connections and then use their marketing to really um, tell the story of the value that they bring. And there's so much literature out there from all the different works that have been done for, throughout the country they can point to to demonstrate the value that pharmacists are bringing to this thing. But demonstrate there's a different business model, and that is, I provide patient care, and I need to be paid for patient care. Mm -hmm. And understanding that value you bring to it and not accepting anything else other than that, Mm -hmm. but also making sure you're demonstrating that within your practice, that you're willing to have a service that you tell patients and other stakeholders there's value to this service and I can't provide it unless there's payment for it.
3: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of work being done on a national level and with regional payers, and I think there's so much that pharmacists can do within their own community. Um, I just was reading a story, and it was published in Drugstore News I think this week, And Hashim, who is uh, just an amazing pharmacist, Hashim Zabak in um, Hyatt Pharmacies in the Milwaukee area, um, talked about how in his community they noticed a need was that 911 was being called uh, just astronomically for patients that were, I think it was having medication issues, or somehow they identified that the issue was non-adherence and medication issues. So he worked through his pharmacies with their local fire department and has been able to reduce the number of non-emergency calls to 911. I mean, what an impact on community resources, on taxpayer dollars, and just that role of the pharmacist being put in a situation to to have an impact. And that's what I see us as community pharmacists, knowing the needs of our local community and making it happen. Um, So I just thought that was a really inspiring story and a great example of the impact to the business um, overall.
1: I totally agree.
3: Absolutely. That's great. So where do you see the future
2: of Flip the Pharmacy? So you mentioned that this is accelerated very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Where do you see the future of Flip the Pharmacy or practice transformation?
1: Well, we're never going to be at that point. So we're always going to be transforming. And, and when I talk about my own personal story, I know someone says, well, you said it took you 13 years. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't say it took me 13 years. I said, we've evolved the practice over 13 years, and it continues to evolve. We're not done, right? There's always things we can do to improve our practice. So I, I see the future of Flip the Pharmacy, that we're going to get more pharmacies, because we're going to be recruiting for the second cohort. Yeah. And you know, our goal is to impact 5,000 pharmacies nationwide whether you're going through the formal program as a cohort or if you have access to the materials through the Flip the Pharmacy website, which is available to anybody who can, you know wants to go to that website. Mm-hmm. So I think people are going to see how you can make these changes mm-hmm. in these little chunks and bite sized um, change packages. And I think uh, that's going to be more known, more people are going to be aware of it, people are going to access those materials. And I think we're going to have more pharmacies are going to be making these changes. But as we get more payers on board, which is happening, and demonstrate that value, I see more pharmacies wanting to make that change. One of the things we talked about today, which I think is important, is not just about community pharmacy. Mm-hmm. It's about pharmacy mm-hmm. as a profession, whether you're in amp care, whether you're in health systems, whether you're in specialty long-term care. How do we work together as pharmacists to ensure that patients are achieving their outcomes? Because we'll have transitions of care, and each pharmacist within that transition should be communicating with that other pharmacist, and mm-hmm. we're seeing even that tremendous value there too. So I see where it used to be where we were siloed, mm-hmm. that we're no longer siloed, and then as we have electronic medical records and be able to have real-time information, that information is going to be shared uh, more frequently with the other providers and pharmacists included, mm-hmm. and that we're just going to really be really the healthcare team that we always were taught about in pharmacy school but we haven't really fully realized I think we're going to get there.
3: Yeah. I don't have much to add to that. Ditto. I mean, (laughs) it's just this cohesive (laughs) approach to, you know, medication optimization by pharmacists in their communities, and that's where I see the end goal And that all the collaboration and access to electronic health records, so exactly what you said.
1: But one of the – because one of the uh, progressions that we'll be doing, which is the last one, which we think will be the most challenging, that's what we made the last one, Uh, and that's behavioral health and social determinants of health. And Mm -hmm. CPSN USA has done a good job already with um, talking about their, you know, community health workers and how can you identify someone Mm -hmm. in your practice, someone in your pharmacy that can serve as that liaison, that community health worker. And it could be a delivery driver for someone who's homebound, just making sure they're doing assessments of the patient when they go out Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But we've actually implemented a social determinants of health survey, and it was amazing to us realizing, here's a patient population we've been taking care of all these years, mm-hmm. and didn't realize they had these issues. And the big three for us was affordability of medications, transportation, and homelessness. Sure. And once we understood that, we realized we needed to make sure we were connecting the patients to the right resources in the community. And again, we, here we are, part of the community, didn't realize what social services could offer, what public health could offer, mm-hmm. nor did they realize what we could offer. And so as we started connecting those dots, we started realizing that when we talk about the team approach, it's not just the healthcare team. It truly is the community-wide team approach. And that's where I think community pharmacists, I think, are so key because they do have accessibility to the patient more so than anybody else. And even those patients who might be homebound or even those patients who may be homeless, because I know we deal with a lot of that patient population, we have other means of getting the medications to them. We just didn't realize just how bad their situation was. Now we can provide them with resources to help them with that as well.
2: Absolutely. They're the community experts, for sure. Mm -hmm. So the reason that we brought you here today was to talk to the student pharmacists at the University of Pittsburgh about Flip the Pharmacy and Practice Transformation. What advice do you have for student pharmacists who are interested in this movement and how they can get involved?
3: Yeah, I think... um for student pharmacists, I, I mean, you're the change agents. So I think to get involved, go to the website, look at the change packages, review those. And when you're at your practice site, um, you know, don't, don't accept the status quo. Ask the questions, you know, ask the pharmacy teams, how, how can we make this happen? Or what barriers do you have? So. Um, When you're going out to practice, look at what you can take a step back, evaluate the workflow, and how can you help support practice transformation in a positive way by bringing some solutions um, with what you might learn from these resources um, that you have access to online, and then make some suggestions or try some things out. Um, Because when you're practicing in a community pharmacy, I mean, you're busy. Uh, You have doctors that you're working with, patients, So layering all of this on top of it um, is quite a lot. And I think students that can support it and be knowledgeable about it, I was so impressed by the students that we talked with and how much they know and are ready to help with practice transformation. So I think don't be afraid to think you can't make a difference. Um, You know, Go in and come with some ideas and and see what you can do to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I frequently tell the students that they will be the change agents. Mm -hmm. And so what I want them to understand is three things. One is don't accept the status quo. Mm -hmm. Number two, don't become complacent. And number three is that you can be that catalyst, that one person that can make that change within that practice. And so they need to be bold, and Mm -hmm. they need to be willing to be vocal and be be willing to make those changes and demonstrate um, to whoever they have to demonstrate it to that this is the wave of the future, and this Mm -hmm. is where we need to be, and this is where new payment models are going to exist. So how can I help you get there? I really believe that they're gonna be the generation that's going to take us to the next level.
2: It really is an exciting time to be yeah. a student pharmacist and a learner in this model to absorb all of these learnings mm-hmm. and, and the change packages that are as they're coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, if someone is not involved with Flip the Pharmacy or just wants to learn more about Flip the Pharmacy, how, how can they do that? Where can they go to learn more about the movement?
3: Sure, um, so there's a website that's available. So I would encourage everyone to go to the Flip the Pharmacy website. Um, you can learn information, I'm not sure Randy might know, when the next cohort is accepting applications. So if you're interested in being a member of the cohort, that's coming up soon this spring, I think. You can put in your application, and that gets you access to the Buddy Trainer component. If you're not ready to take that step, I think I'd encourage everybody to go to the website, look through the change packages. Um, Start at the beginning, there's six domains, and the first one is about the appointment-based model. Um, Dig in with that, and just, it gives you bite-sized chunks, um, you know, checklist approach, as well as connects you to a lot of different free resources that are out there. So I would just encourage you to download that change package, take a look at that and start to dig in. Um, and if you are interested in join, joining the second cohort, I still think that's a great place to start because you can uh, start to see what you'll be guided along with as you enter that cohort.
1: Yeah, you know, there's 27 practice transformation teams currently um, representing 26 different states and 550 pharmacies, 570 pharmacies are participating in that first cohort. So it's somewhere, someone close by might be doing this. So I would be talking to your colleagues out there. I would be going to the Flip the Pharmacy website and looking to see where it might be happening within your area. Maybe with the next cohort, you could be part of the Practice Transformation Team or you decide, we got a group of pharmacies, we'll become our own Practice Transformation Team and we're gonna be one of the groups that apply uh, for the monies to be part of the next cohort. Mm -hmm. So I I just think people need to inquire more about it if they're Mm -hmm. willing to really commit and make these changes Um, They should. The thing they have to remember, though, is a grant doesn't mean you have free money. A grant means money is provided for something to happen, something to occur. You have to prove that something happened, that something occurred. In this particular type of a program that we're in, Mm -hmm. if something doesn't happen, if something doesn't occur, the money doesn't get paid out. So people have to understand that this is not just free money, but this is a commitment, a commitment to change, but the monies will be there Mm -hmm. to support you if you make those changes.
2: Thank you for that. And I'll just add that on the Flip the Pharmacy website, you can click Get Updates um, to stay updated and get a monthly newsletter um, with a lot of information in it that summarizes what's going on and the excitement of the program and also follow at Flip the Pharmacy on social media as well. Well, thank you, Randy and Suzanne, for being here today. Thank you for taking the wheel and driving the, <laughs> the much-needed practice transformation movement in our profession. We really appreciate your time. Thanks a Thank you to all the listeners who are joining today in the first of one of our series of Flip the Pharmacy-related podcasts. Continue to listen in and tune in um, as we continue these twice a month over the next year.
0: Thanks for listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Be sure to check back with the Pharmacy Podcast Network soon for the next episode. To learn more about transforming the role of the pharmacist, visit PA Pharmacists.com forward slash podcast. That's PA Pharmacists.com forward slash podcast.